Hello, and thanks for joining us today for the free UC with 2600 Hertz podcast. Today, we're rolling out episode number three, and I am beyond excited for today's show. Once again, I'm your MC, Miriam Libanati, and today we have not only one exciting guest, but two. And you are definitely in for a treat for today's conversation. Uh, just in case you missed the first few episodes, well, here's a quick rundown. Essentially, our first podcast debuted, highlighted the upcoming event, KazooCon, and we introduced one of our partners, Rev.io. Uh, it was pretty exciting. On uh, our second episode, we sat with the 2600 Hertz COO and co-founder, Patrick Sullivan, and talked through the cap and grow model, and essentially how this strategic approach could be the angle that service providers implement to survive in today's ever-changing market. But for today's podcast, we're taking a different discussion path than our previous episodes, and we'll be diving into a recent industry disruptor that has folks talking and analyzing its effects across unified communications. In case you missed it, Google Cloud Next just concluded a few weeks back, and there were some pretty exciting announcements made that affect the voice and UCAS market. So today, we've invited an expert in this particular space, Mr. Chrysantos Hajibrahim, uh, whose recent article on UC Buyer really caught our attention. And also joining in the conversation will be a well-known and loved cloud evangelist, Mr. Dave Gilbert, or also known as the Big Cheese. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for letting us come on and talk about such exciting things. Yeah, thank you, Miriam. Thank you yeah. for having us. Very excited. We are excited to have you. Um, well, I'm sure my intro is brief and doesn't do you, your background any justice. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about you guys so our listeners can learn a little more. Uh, Chris, why don't you kick us off? All right. Thanks, Miriam. And uh, good to connect. Um, just quite, you know, really quick high level. You know, I've been in the Google space, you know, in some form or fashion probably now for over 10 years. Um, at the same time, um, I've dabbled in the very early days of APIs and communications and, you know, was able to meet Dave um, on that journey, was able to sell a company to a, you know, pretty big publicly traded, you know, telecom company. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I have, I'm having a lot of fun seeing how everything's all coming together and around CRM and communications, you know, communications plays a big role. So I'm just, I'm happy to be a part of this and, uh, you know, keep going along on this journey. Awesome, Dave, mm -hmm. what about you? <laughs> well, so I jumped into this crazy world of VOIP like 15 years ago before it really gotten developed to the point where it is today. And so we started a little company called Simple Signal, which grew into a larger company and was ultimately uh, put in the hands of the able bondage and from there found myself looking at this industry and realizing I don't want to leave it it's too cool it's starting to really happen now and so what we're going to talk about today is the next level of evolution as I observe it in the space and so I was uh, going through my LinkedIn and Chrisano's article popped up and it just explained what Google is doing in such a cool way that I thought this is great fodder for my canon and for the industry in general. And so that's why we want to talk about it and kind of deconstruct it and help everybody understand what just happened at the next show that Google put together a couple of weeks ago. So, um, so that's kind of, I think, where we're going today. 
Wonderful. I definitely agree. I'm excited to dive into this and definitely excited you guys are both here. Um, I'd love to maybe kick off into the article that you wrote, Chris, um, just in case people have missed it, which would be very disappointing, but we'll call it out so they actually get the chance. Um, but I know I personally found it extremely enlightening. Um, and some of the announcements made could be major disruptors in the UCAS market. Um, so would you mind giving kind of a brief overview of the article? Because I think some of your takeaways were really just relevant and exciting to hear about. Well, I appreciate it, Miriam. And just, you know, at a high level, you know, you know, when you go to these conferences, especially for the big ones, the Amazons, the Googles, Microsofts, um, you know, there's just a lot of information. It's, it's just overwhelming. And you got to kind of like sift through the noise and, you know, find the stuff that's either relevant to yourself or to me. And then for me, particularly, what I found was really, really exciting and interesting was obviously all the cool stuff as far as like, you know, applications, hosted infrastructure, all that cool stuff, what you can do as far as with the cloud. But it particularly was the Google Voice for Business, right? And, you know, again, it gets drowned out by a lot of all the other big announcements, a lot of changes within Google. But the Google Voice for Business was something that I think is really, like it was just, it was there but I don't think it got the attention that it really deserved. And again, remember, because we're in the communication industry, so a lot of us, we're going to really hyper-focus on that, because Google is doing so much stuff. And when I saw what Google did with Google Voice, it really made me take a step back and think about, you know, like what they've done with email. Like they've really like captured market share with email on the personal side, as well as on the business side, and as well as on the uh, uh, education side. They've really dominated those markets, especially with SMB. And what they did with their Google Voice system was pretty amazing as far as, you know, in Polycom, I mean, think about it, Polycom, you know, which I don't know what their new name is now. I know they changed it. Um, but they were there. And it was shocking to see all of these voice providers who were there at Google Next. And with Google Voice, what really blew me away, and it's, again, it's very in its early infancy, but this will relate a lot to like what 2600 Hertz has done very well themselves is the ease of provisioning, right? When I look at a lot of the service providers out there who are, you know, either non 2600 Hertz or other platforms, you know, the difficulty and Dave can attest to this, you know, it's hard to provision and transition and port numbers from, you know, existing phone providers to new ones, you know, and I know 2600 Hertz and I know they did a fantastic job very early on you know, making onboarding and provisioning easing. And Google also did a phenomenal and wonderful job. And that in itself, the ease of onboarding and provisioning, which I know 2600 Hertz pushes a lot, they did a great job in. And it's something to be really scared about in terms for other service providers who don't have that. And again, I'll, I'll pass it to Dave. Dave can talk a lot more about that. Yeah, so truly that is the case. I mean, if if it's true that Google has solved the porting problem, then that's going to change everything because that is so difficult in traditional telco. That's the one long pole in the tent that we can't seem to get past. And if they made it as easy as cellular companies have it, then whammo, that is just going to solve so many issues around that whole provisioning process. So that's the number one thing that appears to have been solved by them. But then the other thing that's true about Google is that they love to take perfectly good business models and destroy them by making things free. 
And so if that's going to be the case where they're going to lower the prices, then service providers the world over are going to be affected by this cheap voice kind of thing. And we were thinking that this day would come someday, but it's now apparently kind of here. So um, maybe, Chris Honest, you might know a little bit more about their pricing by now, but it, it just sounded like they were about ready to get super competitive in the space. So I think that might be a big train coming at most of the service providers. And then the other part of that is that in general, there is absolute smooth integration with the Google, Google Cloud platform that is almost built in. And so that's another little piece there. What do you think about that, Chris? So, I mean, that's a good point. Like what's, what's, what's really amazing, and I think a lot of service providers can attest to this, is back in the day when everybody would set up a new user account, you know, to really get the benefits of the features when things were being provisioned, you had to enter the user's email address or get the user's email address in order to really take advantage of the call transcription or the email with, you know, the call recording or whatever. Now, because it's all like what Dave said, it's all tied in. When you provision a number, it already knows who the email address is. So like an IT person can actually provision and deploy 500 numbers with just almost a couple of handful of clicks and they can choose and pick which DID um, you need for that particular user. And, you know, again, I know 2600 Hertz, they were way ahead of that. Like, you know, and I know they've, they've done a great job as far as provisioning and onboarding for their service providers as well. So, you know, this is, this is the, this is the stuff that people overlook in this industry. They forget about the provisioning. They, they forget that it's the boring stuff that needs to be solved first. Yeah, I, and the other thing, though, let's address that, that cheap voice thing for a minute because Google does want to pretty much give that process away in, in an effort to sort of pull people onto the GCP, the Google Cloud Platform. And so I, I know you and I have kind of gone back and forth as to how would a traditional voice service provider kind of fight against that threat So in my, in my humble opinion, and this is where, you know, my experience around Google is like the 80-20 rule, right? When they build something, they're really building it for 80% of the market. And it, they're not really trying to be perfect, you know, and service everything, you know, because it's just impossible. But if they can service 80% of the market and do it really well, that's a huge win. But it's that 20% when you, and you, and everybody knows this, look at all the competitors, look at the landscape, look at all the voice providers out there. Everybody's going up market. And there's a reason for that because those customers are buying value. They're buying integrations with APIs, which I know 2600 Hertz has. Um, they're buying integration with Salesforce or Zendesk, or, you know, they're doing text messaging services or in your particular case, like cell phone, like, you know, building out native cell phone integration um, with hosted voice providers. I mean, that's where you can really differentiate yourself in those different use cases and add value to these customers because everything below is just a commodity. And it's just, uh, you know, like you said, it's very cheap, very inexpensive. You're not going to win there. You're just not going to win. 
But if you go start going up above the hundred users and above, I think that's where all the value is. That's where the revenue is. That's where you can win. Seems like we're talking a lot about the like the competitive advantages and kind of the the pros of Google Voice business. Um, do you guys see any kind of red flags or areas where you know there's uncertainties or we should be concerned or you know kind of opportunities I guess for almost the service providers to identify because Google's massive, right? You know they they have G Suite and they have Anthos and they have all these pieces where they can make this seamless kind of offering. Um, and with Google Voice, it's just kind of a piece of it. And like you mentioned, provisioning, ease of use and provisioning is a high point. The smooth integration is a high point. But I'm curious, do you think there are also kind of some, some pitfalls potentially that could kind of be their weak spots? So, yeah, I, I really think that there are those pitfalls, you could say, those uh, weak spots. And I think the weakest spot is if a service provider has provisioned a business with just voice, it is up for grabs because that can just be taken away so easily. But once you get through to integration into the APIs and you change the way that business works, then it's not so easily taken away. It's actually, that customer is very sticky and they're not gonna leave you because somebody's come in a couple of bucks cheaper. It's just too hard to unhook and rehook everything back up. So most CTOs, most CEOs don't want to go through that kind of brain damage. What they really want to do is keep it together and just make it better. And so if a service provider can say, hey, what about this? What, what if we could make your phone do that? And they continually get back to their customers and look for ways to make that telephony offering built into their business process. That's going to make them super sticky. What do you think? 100%, 100%. 100%. And, and if I could just add to that, Mary, I'm like, and I'll give you a real use case. At the last company I was at where I came from, I was constantly emphasizing to the sales reps, you know, focus on selling around business process. Focus on that because that is still a human thing. You can't automate that. And what I mean by that, and I'll give you a real world example. There was a customer in Colorado who was a mortgage company and they were using Salesforce and they were looking for a phone system. And what they wanted was when a call came in, when a call came in, they wanted a screen pop to automatically pop out, do a dip into Salesforce and pull the call record data along with the case number and file for that mortgage number. So that way the, the inbound person would automatically have that information right in front of And because we were able to do that and we brought in developers to customize that solution for them, we won the business. There was no way a Google or whoever is going to do that type of service. Nobody's going to do that. And that's where selling on value, selling on workflow and integration and business process, that's where you win. That's where you can beat all of the, the, the discount, you know, wholesalers like Walmart and, you know, Target and all these stuff, right? Look at Costco. People always, you know, there's a value in Costco. When's the last time you saw a Costco that was empty and there was not a line for gas? Like, I mean, are they worried about Amazon? Sure, I'm sure they're worried about Amazon. But they got some loyal customers because they serve a certain type of value. 
So Chris, you bring up a lot of really incredible information and insight, and I'm curious, so where do you think service providers need to be investing their time and money uh, to compete with the likes of Google, considering all the, the Google Voice for Business and what they're offering? Well, if they're, if they're a customer of 2600 hertz, they definitely need to cut their engineering, you know, and support costs, you know, because obviously they, don't, they shouldn't have any managing infrastructure like a lot of the other service providers who run, you know, these dedicated switches on bare bone metal servers, right? So they have to maintain and carry those engineering costs and where they should really put all their money. And this is where the war, this is where the battle for B2B is happening. It's all a sales and marketing war. It's about having relationships. It's about having those those frontline people who are charismatic, can shake hands with the customers, can have intelligent business conversations, can talk and have business conversations, but those people cost money. So instead of having $150,000 a year, you know, engineer to run your support, cut that guy, get a really good sales guy, a BD guy, somebody, because people buy from people they like, especially larger customers. You gotta be like Dave, for instance, right? I mean, think about it. I will never forget Dave and Michael Sterl, you know, his, 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 his other counterpart. You know, they, I did business with them. I could have bought a phone and they weren't the cheapest phone system by any means. And I was their customer, but I bought from them. And that's what people buy. But the unfortunate part, a lot of service providers, they have people you love to hate and they're not even likable because they're all engineers. You need front facing people who look nice, dress nice, can have intelligent conversations, you know, and they don't look like engineers. You know, engineers have no place in today's space, especially now that we're in the cloud because everything is being managed and hosted and supported. You don't need that. Focus on sales and marketing. That's where the money is. Well, and you touched on CX, customer experience is really important. Does Google have a phone number? Because I've never been able to call anybody at Google. And, and I mean, I think that's Google, just the beginning. And we're no, going to be talking to robots why. before we start talking to people. So, yeah. As a paid customer, obviously you'll get some support, right? Is it personalized? Do they know who you are? No, right? And a lot of people want to feel nice, warm, and fuzzy because when something breaks, they want to call somebody. Yeah. And believe me, it will yeah, break. Yeah. Things always break. Yeah, and that is so true. They want their hands held when things are falling apart. They want to know the simple way to fix it. And so, you know, it's, you just can't read something and feel the same sort of warm and fuzzy than you can if there's a nice voice on the other end saying, we got you. You know, it's calm down. It's going to be okay. We're going to get you through this. That's what you want to hear. But Google doesn't have anybody to talk to you like that. So I wonder how that's all going to work out that way. And that is certainly something that a service provider can just do better and retain customers because of it. Well, again, at the end of the day, you still, like I always tell people, I've seen so many amazing tech companies who have amazing products that will blow your mind, but they can't sell it to save their life. They don't know how to get it into the market and show the right people, like, look how amazing. That takes, that's an art in itself, just as hard as building the product. 
And unfortunately, in today's day and age, especially in San Francisco, that whole Silicon Valley scene, a lot of the brilliant, most brilliant minds I've ever seen developing amazing stuff. They call me. They're like, hey, why don't you come and help us sell? I'm like, you really think I'm going to go help you sell your stuff? Really? Right? Like, that's where everybody's missing. They're missing that part. Sales is just as important as engineering. Engineering is not everything. It's only half of the equation. The other half is sales. And unless you have the sales, and sales doesn't work without marketing, so that's why I always say sales and marketing. If you don't have the sales and the marketing, forget about it. No one's ever going to learn. You're just going to stay stagnant. And engineers believe, hey, if we build it, they will come. I can't tell you how many companies I know that are like that. Just building, we come. They won't invest in sales. They won't invest in marketing. It's unfortunate. Okay, so let, let's talk practical for a moment. Okay, so we get it. It's, it's shifting to a world where we've got to market better. But what does that really look like? And to me, it's all about clarity. Being able to say something that's com uh, complex, like a VOIP solution, and break it down to exactly what that customer needs, the two or three things that you could focus on that are going to change the way that business works. And I, and I think that, in general, if people were to think in terms of the business outcome, they would probably sell faster and more effectively than in any other way. So it's going to take a retooling of the sales force and definitely stay away from the price game. Instead, look for problems that you can solve. And so uh, to me, that's, that's sort of the crux of it. And if we did that better, I think we would see individual companies rise like crazy, the ones who could really focus on doing that. Yep. And it's, just, it's having people like me, having people like Miriam, it's having people like you, Dave. And unfortunately, a lot of companies, especially tech companies, they invest more on their engineering side and their DevOps and their tools than they do on sales and marketing. And it's unfortunate because, you know, it's just marketing and sales for me, it's, 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 it's everything. Yeah, I agree. And I know Dave has, has said this in the past where it's, you know, it's selling a platform or, you know, folks are trying to sell a platform versus trying to sell a solution and actually focus on, you know, and as you had mentioned, Chris, selling a vision and really connecting and understanding how to solve the problem versus just saying, here's a bunch of technology <laughs> and try to figure out how to use yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, at 2600, you guys have a really swinging CPaaS offering. Okay, that P in CPaaS is platform. And so really what that is all about is being able to integrate into APIs things like voice. And so when you start thinking about what could be done with your CPaaS, now we're talking about stuff that can be truly disruptive to the voice carriers. So I get excited when I start thinking about doing that. And let's not let the mighty Google get the jump there, because it sounds to me from some of the things that they announced at this next show, that's the direction they're going. And so it's going to have, it's going to mean that all of us have to raise our game to get there. And now the table stakes are just higher. So people have to understand how platform works and how it solves problems for businesses. So, and 2600 Hertz has, they have all, they have, all, they have everything. And again, it goes back to <laughs> at the end of the day, you got to sell and market. I mean, they have everything. When I say they have everything, I really mean that. They have everything. 
but if you can't sell and market it, what's the point? That's true. You're only, and I say, I'll say this, I'll say this last thing. I always tell people, you're only as good as your salespeople. And what I mean is like product and engineering are always building stuff, building all this amazing and cool stuff that they get so giddy about, right? They get so giddy about this newest feature they launch. But if your sales guy has no idea what you just did or what you just launched, all that work is for nothing. No, that's very true. And that's one of the things that, I mean, even from the customer standpoint at 2600 Hertz, you know, that's one thing that we're trying to work on from a supportive method of how do we help you guys sell more? Because they'll get this platform and they know the versatility of what it offers through the APIs, through all the apps and the functionality. But then when they have to go try to market it, it's, it's hard because they want to try to fit it in a box. And it's like, well, I think the creativity comes when you can actually step back and think, okay, how can I use this differently? Like, how can I make this my own? Um, for example, we have a customer that works in hotels. And although it's a vertical, um, he did a really great thing with our APIs and our webhooks that essentially makes it so maid goes into a room when she's done cleaning the room, she dials in a code, it sends to the front mainframe, and it goes automatically into the system to say the room is done. It's something so simple, but that's something creative that they had come up with. And I think it's taking, you know, that type of creativity and bringing it to, to any business, um, which and is hard. And things, and, and Miriam, what you just said are things Google will not and cannot do. A anytime, you know, not to say it can't happen down the road, but as of right now, that's where the value is, focusing on the niches and accumulating the riches. It's a great slogan. <laughs> I might hire you for marketing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to wrap things up because this has actually been one of, the, I would say, the best podcast we've done so far and actually probably one of the top I've even listened to. You guys have been fantastic to dive into the, with this. Um, but I wanted to see, do you guys have any final thoughts that you wanted to share that maybe we missed on or you think that would be powerful to kind of, that will resonate with some of the listeners today? Well, I mean, the only thing I, I can say is that, you know, is to provide some type of level of hope because, you know, and Dave can probably say this better than anybody, is like the one thing that keeps me up at night is I'm always worried about that next business that is going to come and commoditize my business. So I always have to know what are the big players more important, like the Microsoft, the Googles and the Amazons are doing, because, you know, those are the biggest threats because they can wipe out my business. And I know, you know, Dave, you can talk about that. It's like, you know, what was keeping you up at night when you were running your own service providing business? Absolutely, man. We were afraid of those giants for a while. And then we realized, you know what? Those guys are like aircraft carriers. They move real slow and they take a long time to make a turn. We are jet skiers. We can go right to the opportunity and be there for a while before they come and get in that direction. They're just slow to adopt. And so there's a huge opportunity for that smaller, let's call it MSP, to move quickly now, to be agile, to not be afraid to fail and get out in that marketplace and take it because it's there for the taking. That's, that's the thing that we wanted to hold out today is to say and with all these changes that are happening inside of Google, they're not gonna happen this next minute. It's gonna take a while to get this thing out. So if you've got an agile sales organization, equip them, come to KazooCon and learn from there what 2600's got going 
and start to implement that into your provide uh, your uh, feature set and begin to, to get out there and test it and see just what sticks because now is your opportunity right now. I agree. Well, thank you so, so very much, gentlemen. This has been fantastic. And I really do feel that all the listeners are gonna find a lot of value out of what you've been able to share and enlighten with that to everyone. So um, thanks again. Thank you. You know, it has been fun. Thanks for having both Gusanos and myself and giving us a platform to say what we believe and that what we hope is the near future. Yeah. Well, definitely. We will look to have you back again for sure. Well, thank you again, gentlemen. We really did enjoy you being here today. And a big thanks to our listeners for joining in on the discussion. We hope you enjoyed it. I know I definitely did. Uh, just remember, you can stay connected with us on our social channels. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And if there is anything you would like us to talk about, topics, guests, uh, anything anything at all related to UC, uh, feel free to email us at marketing at 2600hertz.com. Uh, I know Dave had mentioned KazooCon, and if you are so beyond excited to hear more, well, you can at kazooCon.com, that's K-A-Z-O-O-C-O-N dot C-O-M. And that will be held down in San Diego on June 18th through 20th. So it is coming up quick, but we have a lot of exciting speakers, uh, a lot of incredible topics. Uh, both Dave Gilbert will be and Chris will be there. So please join us, check it out. Uh, you don't want to miss this event. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.